It's no homage county. All right, we are back on the podcast. We took a little bit of a break, but uh, I'm excited for my guest today. Um, it is both a personal and professional relationship with both of you guys. Um, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. And so uh, let's start with some intros. We got to do intros right off the bat, just so the community knows who we're talking to a little bit. Um, full disclosure, I just always feel like I gotta gotta say this. I know you on a both on a personal level, yep, okay? Yep. You're the pastor of the Rock Church in Monroe. Yep. I'm not trying to steal your thunder, nope. but I just want to be um, upfront and want everybody to know ahead of time. So we don't hide anything here or anything like that. We're transparent, and I know you guys are as well, and I love that about you. But go ahead, just introduce yourselves uh, to the community out there. Yeah, my name is Jeff Knight, and I uh, grew up in Snohomish County, uh, graduated from Monroe High School, class of 88. Come on, go Cats. <laughs> And, uh, uh, yeah, I've been pastoring at the Rock Church. The church actually started in my home when I was 14. My mom and dad uh, started a church, needed a Bible study to go to. My dad was facing some pretty serious stuff. And uh, out of that season, when I was a 14-year-old kid, the Rock Church was birthed and born. And here we are today. We're still trucking after all these years. That is cool. And I've heard you talk a lot, so I think I can say this. Yeah. Um, You've done intros at some of our stuff before, and you say people have like these preconceived notions of pastors. 100%. Dude, you're not that guy. You are not that guy. <laughs> yeah. Man, tell, tell me just a little bit about that. Well, I think that, that, you know, my dad taught me some other. My dad was a jailhouse conversion, actually. Uh, years and years and years ago, a Snohomish County deputy knocked on our door June 3rd, 1978, and my dad was arrested in front of me for nine counts of theft and two counts of forgery. And uh, his first night in jail in, in Snohomish County Jail, he, he got down on his knee and he just prayed. He said, I'm 32 years old. I've made a mess of my life. And if you can help me through this situation, I'll serve you. And I don't even know what that means. It was a very honest prayer, though, because he was just really facing a dark time. And, and uh, the Lord, the, you know, the Lord met him. So by that time in my life, I was seven years old. My dad was a motocross racer. He was a cool guy. He was my coach. And I just, you know, my dad just raised me up to... Uh, he taught me to race before he taught me to pray. He, uh, you know, I learned more about like being a man and growing up as a boy and in Snohomish County before I became a minister. And uh, so I've brought some of that into my journey as a pastor. And I just like connecting with people on like the real deal on the, I just like to keep it real. So you'll find me at Evergreen Speedway with a helmet on, uh, driving a race car every now and then. And you'll find me uh, riding a horse with my daughter. She's a high school rodeo kid. And um, I just like to, I like to live life. I like to meet people where they're at and, uh, and I love Jesus too. So, and I lead a church. So it's kind of this, this mashup of my whole life that comes out, you know, and what you experience. And so I enjoy that. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Plumman, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, my name is Plumman and, uh, I'm from Bulgaria initially. Uh, my story starts, uh, when I was a kid, uh, when I was a kid, my mama left me in an orphanage at the age of two, and I spent the majority of my life in a Bulgarian orphanage. That I'm in Bulgaria. That's where I'm from. It's kind of like a third world communist country for the most parts. Uh, and uh, I just remember having a really tough childhood and really just a lot of oppression, a lot of opposition, a lot of physical, emotional abuse. And at the age of um, at the age of 16, my family decided to come get me back from an orphanage and uh, bring me back into my family environment. And it was crazy because uh, at the age of, like it took me a year to kind of adjust to the whole dynamic of calling mom, mom and dad, dad, or having that whole family dynamics. And uh, regardless of all the chaos I've went through prior to my, uh, just going back to my family, like 
it, 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 it was just crazy because like a year into being back with my family, I realized all of them are doing stuff they shouldn't be involved in mafia, doing things they shouldn't be doing and making poor choices and just living in a terrible life condition and just a lot of, a lot of abuse there too. And I remember when I was nine years old at the orphanage in Bulgaria, I gave my life to Jesus reading a little red book. And I was like, man, I was reading the Bible because I was scared to go back to sleep. And because uh, normally during the night, like all the kids would come in and try to beat you up, sexually abuse you and just cause a whole lot of chaos. And I just remember having to always carry a two by four <laughs> and just barricade the doors of my orphanage room. And I just remember that for the three nights, I didn't have that because somebody stole my two by four. And man, you can take anything. But if you take my two by four, <laughs> we're in trouble. <laughs> so I just remember literally, I just remember like saying, I'm not going to sleep because I know what's coming and just being super scared. And all of a sudden I found a little red kids version Bible with a lot of pictures and I just started reading it. And I read it for like a couple of hours. And I just remember having like peace in my heart just by reading a book about a guy who loves people and who has a plan for their life. And I was like, man, how cool would it be if that guy like helped me go to sleep? And then I just remember just the common, the common thread of everybody in the Bible was like to pray to God when they needed him. And I was like, maybe I should talk to God too, like all these people. And I remember saying my first prayer, which I'm pretty sure it was absolutely super simple. And uh, right before like I finished praying, I was out cold. I, I was asleep and... Uh, Nobody came in the room, nobody, like, it felt amazing. And then I woke up, like, four hours later, and for the first time in my life, I had peace that literally surpassed understanding. And that's actually a scripture in the Bible, that when we pray, God's going to give us peace that surpasses understanding. Mm -hmm. And I felt that, I encountered that in my heart, and then that, that was it. Like, I knew that the, the Jesus from the Little Red Book is real. Like, I knew that, and mm -hmm. then leading up, like, I mean, years later, I went back into my family, and it was even a darker environment. It was crazier because I was surrounded by people that were just so broken and so lost and involved in things they shouldn't be, like mafia, like pimping and all of those darkness, like alcoholism, abuse, just so much worse than the orphanage. Uh, and it kind of felt unfair, but thank God I got to meet him when I was nine years old. And uh, leading up to being 16, I already had a mindset like, no, I'm not gonna be like my family. I'm not gonna be like the people in the orphanage. I'm not gonna be like all the people in the world that are so dark. I wanna live with a different lifestyle. I wanna, I, I found hope, I found peace. I found Jesus and uh, I just remember telling myself like that's who I will be for the rest of my life. And it really helped carry me through some of the darkest situations. I think one of the, fun, the, the most phenomenal scriptures is that, that the Bible talks about that uh, it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, that God says that the light overcomes darkness, right? Like he says that we're the light of the world, city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, right? Nor do you put a lamp under, under, uh, under a basket. You put on a lampstand so it gives light to everyone in the house. So the reason I'm sharing that is because I truly believe that when God comes into, like he, when he came into my life, like, everything changed and no matter how dark darkness got like the light of christ has always carried me through every single darkness and uh i went back to my family did not get involved in any of the, the family business <laughs> uh <laughs> wasn't after that I, I remember just going to church serving in different churches and building communities and and just all of that led me to like eventually graduating from school um 
And then I got a chance to come to America because I graduated from a American school in Bulgaria. God, like, really supernaturally always opened doors that were, like, so awesome. Yeah. Like, he made a way in so yeah. many cool ways. Um, but I got a chance to go to American school in my country. And I graduated from there with an American diploma, which allowed me to come to the States. And, and that's kind of how I met this guy. I mean, yeah. he's been yeah. more a dad to me than my own dad. Um, so when all of what you just described is in Bulgaria, though, right? Right. Yeah. So how on earth, how'd you end up here? How well, did that happen? Well, um, he had a lot of favor. Um, somebody really believed in him uh, out of Chicago and made a way for him to go to a really elite school. And um, Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that happened. When I, was, uh, when I was nine years old, I prayed at the orphanage, and then a month later, a group of missionaries started going to the orphanage and playing with us, drawing with us, teaching us English. To be honest with you, I didn't care less or more for learning another language. I mean, all I cared about was that random people were showing me attention without anything wanting anything in return. Mm. At first, I thought they'd kill me or something. I was like, why are you guys so nice? <laughs> Nobody has ever been nice to me. But one of those, I mean, multiple of those people I'm still very connected with, but one of them, her name is Tasha, and she's been like very kind of like what Pastor Jeff said. Like, mm -hmm. she believed in me when nobody else did, even myself. I didn't believe in yeah. myself. Most of the people out of the orphanage become homeless. They, you know, they get involved into dark things. They become pimps. Little girls, I remember, in the orphanage would go and sell their bodies on the street for like a bar of chocolate or something, you know. And like, it was really, really dark, and there wasn't hope, but... God had something else in mind for my life. He sent a group of missionaries, and they would take me to church, and they'd love on me. And I remember take, then, them taking us to McDonald's and stuff. Like, it was the best. I mean, McDonald's here in this country is pretty terrible for you. But back in my country, it's like a, you know, it's like, it's like a premium steak place. Like, it's so nostalgic to me. People don't understand why I love McDonald's so much. Uh, I still wow. do. So, but I just remember, like, like, Tasha believing in me, and that's how God kind of got an opportunity for me to go into that school because Tasha and a bunch of other people were like the directors of the most elite private school in my country where like ambassador's kids go to where super wealthy people of course all the mafia kids go there you know and I was like from the orphanage to the elite private school with full scholarship and uh, graduate from there and then because of Tasha and a few other people I got to come to America and that's how I met Pastor Jeff. They were doing a youth camp about five years ago, and uh, I came to Tasha. I was going through a lot of hardships because some of my sponsors were like, that were supposed to take care of me, were like, hey, like, they were manipulated by, it was just a dark chapter. But they ended up saying that they won't be able to sponsor me anymore. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm an international student going to school, and uh, I don't have anyone to sponsor me. So if I don't pay the bill, I have to go back to my country. And I was like, God, like, seriously, is that everything? And then... I remember Tash saying, why don't you just come to Seattle? And I was like, well, was okay, I mean, I'll do it. I had like 150 bucks, and thank God for cheap flights. I, uh, I booked it. That was all. I was like, that was all. I booked a three-day three -day flight, like just coming back here and staying here for three days and going back. And I just remember Tasha saying, hey, like, do you want to go to a youth camp for like two days? And I'm like, I literally spent my last money. I'm most likely going to go to Bulgaria. My uh, whole, like, life has been always a mess. Like, I was kind of, like, down. I was kind of going through it. I was, like, I was very anxious about just the whole thing. I was, like, God, you brought me that far. I mean, the Bible says you won't leave me, but I feel pretty left right now. And I just remember her saying, let's go to youth camp. And I was, like, you know what? Sure. She was, like, just trust God. And we ended up going to the Rock Church youth mm -hmm. camp uh, that we, that you guys did in, in, in Shalom. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And I just 2018. remember. 2018. That's right. So I just remember going back to going to that youth camp and nobody had a clue who I was. 
I had those European sunglasses that I'm pretty <laughs> sure I bought off a gas station from the women's section and I didn't know that they were girls. So yeah. I looked really, really interesting. Yeah. But uh, I just remember going to the youth camp and uh, people, <laughs> they didn't have a clue who I was. I mean, the only people that knew me was Pastor Mel, who is Pastor Jeff's wife and Pastor Jeff. and Because uh, years before, Melinda had done a mission trip that's to right. Bulgaria. That's right. And oh. had visited the school and met him when he was a J high student, a junior high student. And so they didn't, she didn't, they didn't remember each other's name, but Tasha, uh, the, the, the woman that helped plumbing became friends with Melinda on that trip. And so then she reminded, yeah, when you were there, plumbing was, and so that was how, how cool. he, he knew just a couple people at the camp, my, my wife, That's Melinda, crazy. and then Tasha. it really, you, you think about the expansiveness of the globe and the yep. seven and oh, a half yeah. billion people, and then you think that you could end up in the same city in Chelan, Washington, at a youth camp. It's, it, there, there really are no um, um, surprises anymore. You wow. know, it's just like the so, Lord knows what he's doing. You know? For sure. Have you been his sponsor then ever since? Okay, How, so, how's that work? So literally, so this, I'm out in the boat, and I'm taking kids on the <laughs> tube around Chelan, <laughs> uh -huh. you know. And I'm just having fun, and I'm driving the boat, and I got kids getting on, and I got kids getting off, and all of a sudden this, you know, this kid gets on, and I've never even seen him before. And Melinda says, hey, Jeff, that, that's, that's plumbing. He's a college kid down at Epic Bible College in Sacramento, California, and he's here for the week. And I'm like, I, like, does he speak English? I, you know, I, I, I meet people all the time. And, yeah. and so he drops right next to me, and I, as, as sure as we're sitting right here, I felt the Holy Spirit speak right to my heart and said, this, this young man needs a father right now, mm. and I want, you to, I want you to be a father to him. And uh, I didn't really know what that meant at the time. I mean, I've definitely mentored mm -hmm. a lot of young men in 30 years of ministry, but I didn't, I didn't know his story. I didn't know where he was from. I didn't know he was from Bulgaria. I didn't know about the orphanage. I didn't know about his family history. But over the course of the next three or four days, uh, just listening to him and hearing his stories and that, I just... I, I, I understood exactly what was being asked of me, um, that, that he was, that, uh, again, another time, uh, the Lord sent somebody to Plummin to help him get where God always wanted him to be. And I just knew I was a link in that chain. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I've been, uh, Melinda and I have been his sponsor and helped him. He transferred up here to Seattle Bible College here in Everett. And, uh, and so, yeah, we just have helped him navigate. He graduated with his practical theology degree in June and so we're so proud of him for that and and we're going through the process right now so that he can get his uh he was an f1 student visa and we're now going through all the process of that um so that he can uh be employed at the church and and is it called an, a religious visa I don't remember what it's called yeah oh, cool. yeah so yeah yeah the, I I think one of the things that I feel like it's important to add just to that is that you know, it's not just a chain. I mean, I remember being in the boat, and the reason I was laughing a little bit ago is because I got in the boat, and I had no idea. I've never been in a tubing. I mean, I've never even been on a boat never prior to that, boat. right? Like, And, and it's uh, Lake Chelan, so you know yeah, it's rough, so, and it's cold, and it's deep, right? So I just remember going there and just going that boat and just seeing kids being tossed by some inflatable and i was like oh that sounds fun so i go in there and it's my turn you know everybody went it's my turn i just jump in the water and obviously um i've never really swam prior to that like <laughs> i don't really back. have a whole lot True of story practices. i look back and i'm like does that guy know how to swim that, that's literally <laughs> what i said to one yeah. of the guys that was helping me because i always have a helper on the boat right 
And I'm like, does he know how to swim? He doesn't look like he knows how to swim. Yeah. I mean, the arms are above the head. The head's barely cresting the surface of the water. And I'm like, we're going to have to have like a life rescue mission right here. Um, and yeah. so we throw him a thing and I pull him up and I go, do you know how to swim? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh my Lord. So I strap a life jacket on him at that point And I put him on an inner tube anyway with a life jacket on. And we just hucked him around and beat him up. And it was great. It was amazing. I just remember him saying, hey, do you know how to swim? And I'm like, no, but I know how to scream. And he's like, get this kid back in the boat right now. Somebody get this guy alive. So, but I just remember like that, even like looking back to that whole situation, it felt like, I mean, I've lived the life that God, I mean, many people say, have you seen God face to face? I feel like I have seen him. Um, one of my favorite quotes I live by every single day is that the best picture of God is his people in motion. Right, like, and I've seen God through people, through good-hearted people, and I just remember even that whole, whole moment of like him, like seeing me like struggling and almost suffocating down in the water, like drowning, and I, I just feel like even that moment of him pulling me out of the water was symbolical in a way because you know he pulled me out of another chapter of like my life that was kind of dark, and God spoke to him to be a dad figure to me, and I got to hear his story too. It's a wild story, and it just blessed me because when he said. God told me to be a father to you. I was very kind of like uptight about it. I was like, just and be just, my friend. So, just for everybody that 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 might be listening. I mean, that's a weird statement to make, especially when you come from the Christian theology that I come from. Is that like we go to G- God is our father. Like so, for me to feel that like it was more than a mentorship. I knew that I didn't know what he needed, but I knew in my gut that I couldn't just walk away from him. Like I just met him and hauled him around in this boat. And so I took the initiative just to dive into his, his story. And then I realized, okay, there's some challenges in California at the school. There's some challenges financially. There's some challenges relationally. He got hit by a car riding his bike to campus. And like, it's, it blows my mind that he wasn't even killed because when I went down there and, and then, and so just like, and I think that's, you know, why we're sitting here right now, because like at the end of the day, uh, I live my life with one phrase and that's rescue regardless Mm -hmm. that, that like we are called to go into the darkness of life. Somebody came into me, came, came to help me in my darkest of times. And I just, I just feel that at a real high level. And with him, it was different. It wasn't just another kid. And so stepping into that, um, is kind of just that's the kind of church that I want to pastor. Yeah. I want to pastor people that run toward the darkness, that run toward the hardship, that run toward the brokenness. And I think we live in a culture right now where sometimes we want somebody else to run into the fire or run into the battle. And right now, I just feel like as believers, like um, as as Christ followers, as a church, as a leader, maybe people that are even watching right now or listening to this right now are like, man, where would I fit in that? Just follow that, that, that thing in your spirit that's directing you to be the solution. Mm. That's, that's what I wanted to be that day in that boat because I discerned hardship. And so, okay, God, if you put this young man in my path and, and, you know, he tells me, he says, my name is Plumman. And I'm like, like plums? Like, like I couldn't. <laughs> and he said, Power, he goes, powerful leader, amen. And I never forgot it from that. That like literally, that was the first 30 seconds of, of my, and I never forgot that. And I said, okay. I said, uh, I have a role to play in him becoming a powerful leader. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we all have a, have a role to play in our kids, young men, young women, becoming who they've been, you know, perfectly designed to be. And if we'll run into the fight, instead of standing out wondering if it's okay or do we have permission or, yeah. like, real solutions happen in our community and so in people's I, lives. So Go ahead. What I love about just that whole statement, like, where do I fit in, is just because, like, even I love the Bible because it, it feels like there's a story for every single scenario that anyone could ever be going through. Like, you might be going through something, and I'm, I promise you there's, there's, a, there's an answer that you're looking for for every question if you open your Bible. Like, I feel like even what he shared, just that, like, a rescuing of the boat. Like, there's a story in the Bible, like, where Jesus is rescuing Jesus. Uh, uh, Jesus is rescuing Peter from drowning. And uh, many people focus on, the, like, the whole miracle of, like, Jesus, like, rescuing people from drowning while Peter was walking on water with him. And, um, but the story doesn't stop there. The story continues because what Jesus said to Peter and the disciples. So, okay, let me just kind of back up a little bit. So what happens is the disciples are in a boat. Theology students. Theology students. I'm about to give you some of the Bible college that I graduated. You already? All right. So, so Jesus tells the disciples, let's get on the other side of the lake. And they're all in a boat and it kind of gets dark and they're in a boat. And all of a sudden, the 12 disciples of Jesus see, uh, see Jesus walking on water and they're like all terrified thinking it's a ghost. And they're like, oh my gosh, is, there a go- is this a ghost? And Jesus speaks to them and says, do not be afraid. It's me. And then Peter goes to say, Jesus, if that is you, call me out onto the water and I'll walk. And Jesus says, it's me, walk. And then Peter steps out of the boat walking on water and all of a sudden the wind comes and the storm comes and Peter is absolutely terrified. And because of his fear, he falls in the water and starts drowning. And he's like, Jesus, help me, help me. And uh, that's what Jesus does. He pulls him out and says, where is your faith? But anyways... He pulls him out and he saves him. Most people stop there. But what I love about this story is because the story doesn't stop there. The purpose of the whole chapter of the Bible in the New Testament, in the Gospels, wasn't just about Peter walking on water, which sounds awesome, or Peter being rescued by Jesus, which is another thing that's awesome. It's about them getting on the other side. The whole story was for them to get on the other side because the other side of the lake had people that were waiting for miracles, people that were waiting to encounter God, people that were waiting for their healing, people that were waiting for the love of God to be made known to them. So the whole miracle was for Jesus to grow the faith of Peter. And by Peter not only walking water and being rescued by God and saved by God, his trust in God grew. And when they went on the other side, the Bible says that they healed many people, that they performed many miracles, signs and wonders. And I feel like even that story about my life, that God has always rescued me to help rescue others. Because mm-hmm. it's not just about being rescued when it comes to Christianity. It's not just about being saved from your troubles, from your, from your hardships, from your darkness. It's about overcoming the darkness and being used by God to help others overcome it too. Because, I mean, we live in a culture, we live in a society, we live in a world where people are so lost, they're so broken, they're so hurting, and they really need, they need hope, they need love, they need the light. I mean, the darkness is so dark that, I mean, you just need a little bit of light in it. You need love. You need the love of God. You need the miracles and wonders of God to be made known. And I mean, I tell you, I'm a living testament. I'm here right now because of the goodness of God. And if God did it for me, he will do it for you. I know he will. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm just like you. We're all just, we're, we're all the same. You know, we all need God the same. We're all loved by God the same. And it's like if God had grace, was gracious enough to do it for me, he will do it for you. And all you have to do is stretch your hand out. And allow him to rescue, you know, because he's right there. 
So I, I, I'm going to two things. I got to address one, one thing yeah. is uh, people are going to look at me sitting here with you guys yeah. today. They're going to know where this is the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office. Right. They're going to go, Adam, what are you thinking? Right. What are you doing? Some people will be like, how dare you talk right. about this stuff? Right. I, I just got to let everybody know. I'll, I'll talk to anyone at any time and anyone is welcome up here. We're right. not going to shy away from right. topics. I live and breathe this stuff with you guys. And we'll get into that in just a little bit here, right. how you and Melinda have helped me and my wife, Jill, yeah. on a personal level. Um, I, I think, and I agree when you talk about hope, people having hope and it being dark in society right mm -hmm. now to a certain extent. Um, I subscribe to that, that as well. And so answer me any, either one of you can answer this. So if someone's listening to this right now and they think you're full of it, or mm -hmm. they might think mm, maybe they're onto something here, yeah. maybe they're in that, that darkness that we are talking about. Yeah. What would, I'm kind of putting you on the spot because we did yeah. not talk about any of this before. Right, right. What, what would you say to someone like that? You know, I, I think I would say to somebody like that, I would just say, I think you judge all trees, not just the Christian ones, but I think you judge all the different sections of society or groups of people. I think you judge them by their fruit. Like, like what is the sum total of the words that are being, you know, that are being said? And, you know, um, why we're here is because you know, you got wind talking to me because um, plumbing ended up in a park that was having a yep. real huge trouble with some fighting and some, you know, not, not just a little bit of fighting, but hundreds of kids. And he's in that park because his worldview, his life experience knows that if somebody just loves and cares, now, his motive would be loving and caring for them just because they're students. And if the conversation about faith comes up, then that's just a part of his story being told. And so I, I really encourage people. I, I even sat last night with a, a drummer in a storage unit. He was, he's a professional drummer, and he hides out in a storage unit, practices his drums because he can't play his drums in the neighborhood he lives in and his storage unit is in an industrial area so noise, noise is not an issue and so I was hanging out with him for three hours and he has a very different worldview than me I just think he's a great drummer and and so I wouldn't hang up so much on worldviews anymore yeah. I think we got to look at people about like what are they doing to go into the into the darkness to bring the light to help people to rescue people to help turn society from the narrative we're on because right now it just seems to be getting a little more radical yeah. a little more violent a little more turned up and if we can have some other people turn up you know the good stuff when whatever motivates them like like plum and share in his heart because that's what motivates him to do these things whatever motivates them man judge that just judge the fruit of what happens that that's what I would say to that situation. Okay. Um, you know? A couple of times have come up that our kind of relationship and whatnot. Yeah. So I want to cover that just kind of real quick. Yeah. Um, so I got, a, got elected in 19, took office in 20, but that's, yeah. that's not what we're here to talk about. But then in 2020, um, it was weird. The whole world changed. The we whole the world pandemic, changed. We had unrest. Yeah. Oh, you name it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm the I'm like the new guy up here trying to figure out this elected official stuff and all that. Been a been been a believer for most of my adult life. Um, like most people, had my ups and downs within sure. the church and different sure. churches and 100%. things like that. But then churches shut down. 
right? right. And then Jill and I at home, we're, we're going through some stuff. I said some stuff about the governor that not yep. everybody yep. everybody cared for, made it very uncomfortable for us for about 18 months. But uh, I, I, and I say this only so people can know kind of how we met and how we yeah. developed this relationship. We got invited from Kathy. I won't use her yep. last name. I don't have yep. permission. Yep. said, hey, churches are shut down. They're doing parking lot church in Monroe. Yep. You got to meet this Pastor Jeff guy. I think you guys would kind of hit it off. So just on, on, out of the blue like that, we got invited. I'd never been to church in Monroe in my life. I always right. lived over here kind of by I-5-ish, right? right. And uh, um, from we met that day. Right. Um, you, you, get, you and, and some others prayed for us that day after hearing a little bit about what we had been going through at the time. And uh, we, we've never looked back since. So we've right. become friends. Um, you and Melinda have helped us on both a, a perf- professional and, and I'd say very personal level yeah. as well. So I want to thank you publicly yeah, for welcome. that. I appreciate your guys' friendship. It's, it's just been a great honor to walk with you through these last few years. You've been, in, you've been, you've helped us too. I mean, you've, you know, help give us the courage to do the things we felt like, like we were supposed to do. So yeah. And it's, it's just, cause I didn't think of that time as me being in any type of darkness. That's not how I just thought right. of it. it was a rough time, right. but I didn't, but it kind of, we were, it, we were in a dark place at the yeah. time, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of, uh, well, here's know. how, let me frame okay. something about the darkness. When I use that word, okay. this is what I mean. I, I should clarify that. Like I, I, I love looking at, at life, like a three act script. Like a three-act script. The greatest movies that we love are great scripts written by great script writers with big vision. And there's always a villain. I mean, where is Batman without the Joker? Yeah. Like, like he's nowhere. So when I use the darkness, I'm I'm framing kind of the it's a, it's a metaphor for the villain. Like your darkness, my darkness was darkest when the plane crashed and hit the water years and years and years ago. And that's another story, but I lost my parents in a commercial airline crash. That, that, that's a metaphor for what I was experiencing at that time. And the darkness is the same thing when, you know, all the churches yeah. were closed down and that. So it's just a metaphor. It's not anybody specific or anything specific other than it's just, a, it's just kind of the villain of the story because it's just a better descriptor descriptor for me when I tell the story of yeah. going into all the little details of why I was feeling so much weight. Yeah. I just call it the darkness. Yeah. So uh, you brought it up with your parents. Um, yeah. You okay elaborating on that just a little yeah, bit? Yeah. No. So, so I got I got to tell them too. So we started this youth program, lead the way in 2021. You've been a part of that from yeah. the get go. You you come in and uh, it is probably it's eight weeks and you get one of the eight weeks and the most impactful. And I, I've heard this story multiple times, both at yeah. church and I think four times at lead the way. And, uh, uh, I think every time the adults in the room leave, they're like, that gets, not, I don't know what the right word is. It, it gets better. It's more impactful mm, yeah. every time. Yeah. So you're, I'm, you're helping people. There's no doubt you're helping the youth in our program. And I appreciate that you've been a part of it. Um, but just, you already kind of covered it, but elaborate on that just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, first off, I still, to this day, it's been 23 years since that plane hit the water, mm-hmm. 731 miles an hour, inverted upside down for a minute and a half, like a minute and a half for those people in that plane. First of all, it did a negative G pushover. And then, which is a, which is you're, you're, you're twice the weight of yourself going towards the ceiling. And then it leveled off for nine and a half minutes. 
and and they they were trying to troubleshoot the problem. They were talking to the tower. They were talking to uh, uh, maintenance in in San Francisco at the time. As I've I'm an expert when it comes to Flight 261, just because my mom and dad were on it. And then, in an attempt to divert their course from San Francisco and go to LAX for an emergency landing, is when the plane rolled inverted. Okay. And so now they were upside down. And then it started into a dive. And I mean, I talked to the pilots of other planes, you know, in the years after the accident that actually watched the plane hit the water. So, um, you know, all of that, the, the, it's been 23 years, but the thing that I, I would say to like Snohomish County got me through that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a lot of good people, man. Yeah, there are. Like I could say that, yeah, I mean, Jesus got me through that too. And I could give all the credit to my church, but it wasn't just my church. Mm-hmm. It was people at every convenience store that I walked into. They would recognize my wife, myself, my sister from the news interviews and everything we were going through. And that's a good place. It's a good place to call home. It's a good place to, 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 to be. And, and so I, I, if I ever get an opportunity and it's been 23 years, thank you. Thank you to every person that remembers that moment and walked with my family through that. Cause it was, that was, that was just a, a level of, a level of darkness. But I, I just, I found myself, um, I found myself in a place where I didn't know if I could fill their shoes or if I didn't know. And, uh, it, it literally was the, the, the inspiration of my faith, of mm-hmm. course, first yeah. and foremost, but the strength of my close family and friends and then, the community that, you know, directly and indirectly was saying, you can, you can get through this, Jeff, you can recover from this. And, and, uh, for the most part, we, we recovered well, it doesn't mean I trip over myself and life is life and you're going to not always do everything right. And I haven't. Um, but, uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that season. I'm grateful to be able to use that story to look at somebody who's been through death, loss, you know, bankruptcy, lost a house, lost a job, crashed a career, got a diagnosis, whatever life throws at us. Um, truly we can experience light even in the darkest of hours I have. And, um, you know, I, I, the phrase I used right away years and years ago was somehow, um, triumph is going to come out of this tragedy. I don't know when, but somehow it is. And, and that's, I just believe that for all people, no matter what they're going through. If we stick with it, wow. we don't quit. We hold on to one another and we find places of inspiration and motivation. We can get through just about anything. Yep. I, yeah, totally agree. That's powerful stuff. Thank you. Yeah. For, for And, you know, I miss my mom and dad yep. every single day. I mentioned my dad. My dad, you know, like my mom grew up on Lord's Hill in Monroe. Like she went to Monroe High School. She, My grandpa got hired by uh, down in Olympia at the Capitol. And so her senior year, she was she graduated from Yelm. But... Like, this is our home. This has been my home for generations. So, yeah. It's impactful. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got to talk about what we originally came here for. Yeah. At some point, <laughs> yeah, at some point <laughs> so, we, we should. I'll, I'll set it up. A I want to say, I want to say okay. one thing about 2020 though. Go for it. Like, I want, I want people to know this. Like, like one of the things that I so admired about you the day that I met you is that you had the weight of your office on your shoulders and probably a lot of people wouldn't even totally think this, but what I saw, you had the weight of the comments that got picked up nationally in the news. And that wasn't what you were leading with. 
you had the weight of that stuff on you, but you were leading with, I'm not going to hide in my house because it's hard right now. And so, you know, I met you, you were sitting on the back of a tailgate, sitting on a tailgate of a pickup truck. And I just knew that day, I knew the weight of the world must be on you. I didn't understand all of the nuances of your job at that moment. I didn't understand, you know, we all didn't really understand where this was headed, uh, where the pandemic and how things would get very divided and everything that we've all dealt with. Um, but I saw a guy that, that if given a choice to retreat into, you know, um, his house, uh, wasn't at his house. He was out in the community with the church that was meeting in a parking lot. Yeah. And, and, I, um, totally and I, I really yeah. respected that. I appreciate that. Totally agree. Yeah. And I'd have to just add one thing to that, or Do I don't it. think it would be fair. And that is that the entire Snohomish County Sheriff's Office showed up to work every day. It wasn't just me. Yeah. We were the only, wow. That's only, the only one up here. Our, our, our hallway was full. Yep. Bureau chief showing up to work. They probably could have got away yep. with working from home. They never did. Not one day. Yep. If wow. you work inside the third largest jail in the state of Washington, they showed up every single day. Yep. Uh, that's civilians. That's nurse personnel. That's doctors yep. and, and corrections deputies. Yep. And then, of course, the patrol deputies on the street. Yep. I'm super proud of Who that. knows what, what they were getting into at the time. We did yep. not know. We didn't know. But still, yep. they showed up to work every day. Yep. So wow. I appreciate And I've had a chance that, through was, Lead the Way to meet some of them. And yeah. And uh, that that's incredible to know. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yep. All right. Lake Stevens. All right. I'll set it up. I'll set it up. So I'm set excited about this. So I am big into, like, there's a role for public safety. I wouldn't be sitting here. We have a role right. in a civilized right. society. And I am very confident in our role. I'm good with that. But sometimes we either don't help the situation. We can make things worse. Or sometimes I think a public-private partnership, not, not even a partnership, you guys will fill in the blanks here, but there was a situation in Lake Stevens. I did reach out to the police chief just so you know. I said, hey, I'm going to talk about this publicly. Are you okay with that? Because I'm very sensitive to like jurisdictions sure. and sure. stuff like this. He's a great guy. He said, I'll talk about whatever you want. So we're good with that. Yep. Just that's more for the community than yep. anything. And uh, you guys been updating us on church for a couple months now, especially when we first got into summer. Kids are out. Man, I, I was hey. a rough kid growing up. I was, you know, looking for trouble to a certain extent. That's kind of what was happening in Lake Stevens. Well, and the North Cove is one of the coolest developments oh, yeah. in all of Snohomish County in the last decade. I mean, holy smokes, that place is that place is awesome. They, I'll, I'll give them that. They're doing it right. It's they're, really they're, cool. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very amazing. nice. And so it attracts a lot of a lot of young men, a lot of young yeah. women, a lot of students, a lot of high school students, J highs, all that. Yeah. yeah. So it started, but it started with your family connection. You, yeah. you got to explain it. Yeah, so my sister, uh, they live in Lake Stevens, and and uh, my nephews go to Lake Stevens, and they're they're just they're just an awesome family. And they were hanging at the park, and my sister says she calls me up. She says you're never gonna believe like there's a video circulating of me, and she's like I didn't even want to be on video. I just didn't want the fight to happen. Mm -hmm. And so it's a whole bunch of kids, and my sister's right in the middle of it, and her hair's flying, and her shirt's getting pulled on, and she's pushing kids off of each other. And and it's just, you know, it's one of these situations where there's a lot of testosterone, there's a lot of heat, there's a lot of sunshine, and, you know, a lot of bravado going on with a bunch of young men, and they, they get in a, you know, they get in a scuffle, they get in a fisticuffs, and and then there's my my sister who's you know 40 you know she's out there trying to make it stop and hats off to her i mean she yeah. she's she's bold and she and is. has never 
uh, shied away from from a challenge. That's for sure. And uh, but she calls me and she tells me about it, and I'm and then she sends me the video, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, that's pretty serious. Like that, yeah, that's no doubt. And so uh, she calls Plumman right after she calls me, and she says, Plumman, we got to do something. We got to do something. And she says, whatever it costs, I'm gonna help pay for it. Like we got to get in this park, and we got to do something. And Plumman's like, like. Like at first he's like, what do you want me to do? You get a bullhorn and go preach. And I'm like, no, we're not going to go. Like that's, we're not. No. I was ready for it. I <laughs> I get he was though. ready for it. I'm like, ready. no, we're, we're not going to go preach. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to serve. So whatever you got to do to serve, that's what you're going to do. And so I just, I just empowered him, gave him the green light to, to go see it yeah. and then figure out what would be helpful. And uh, the rest is kind of his journey and, a lot of really cool people from the community of Lake Stevens that don't go to our church. Yep. A lot of people from Monroe, because then we went to Monroe and did it at their their Lake Tide Park. And then now there's people in the community that are involved that are not necessarily the Rock Church type families. And uh, it's just kind of growing. And um, yeah, tell them, tell them what you did. Tell them that, about right, that first well, day. That was wild. I watched it out of video and I was like, oh my gosh, it just brought a bunch of members. I was like, okay, I can be comfortably sitting in the church or I can go and do something about it. And our motto is we, we inspire purpose and rescue people regardless. And obviously I just share a little bit about my story. I've been rescued and uh, my desire, my greatest desire has always been to help rescue other people and bring them closer to Jesus and other great people. So that's what I did. I just remember the first day going there and I, I bought like 40 pizzas in my car, in, a, in my small little car, and little I Caesars. got all the, all, all, yeah, Little Caesars. Little Caesars pizzas. Like, we, yeah. we just got like a bunch of games. We got, oh my gosh. What'd you do? You did like cornhole and... I got cornhole, volleyball, volleyball net. Yeah, I got like a football, which disappeared within five seconds. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I just got a bunch of games and I just went there. And I just remember some of the students that we have that come to our church from Lake Stevens, recognized me and they were like help me set up and then all of a sudden like we just set up that and the whole park just came to have pizza everybody were like thank you everybody was super sweet super kind and then literally five minutes later a big fight broke out <laughs> right in front of my eyes and my students were like plumbing plumbing you're a youth pastor do something about it i was like bro um i'm like five five and i shaved i'm pretty sure they would confuse me for a student i'm not going in there <laughs> yet yeah. nobody knows me i was like I'm not doing that. But I just remember being there and I just felt like God like telling me, hey, like you're born for this, you know, like this is who you are. This is the church that you're going to do. This is, you, like you, we're all made for this, right? And I just remember saying, okay, I'm not going to back down. I'm not a quitter. I've never been a quitter. Uh, so I just remember saying, okay, well, I'll do whatever it takes. And I just remember serving pizza, meeting all the people. I just remember after that one fight, um, I was like, that's not going to continue happening. I literally made it my mission to be like, I'm going to love regardless. I'm going to love every single one of them like crazy. And this is not going to be the dynamics of this park. Because everybody, every day, like, there'll be like six to eight, ten fights. And like, there'll be always police just like flying in. And just trying to stay there all, all the time because, like, there was just so much fights happening and breaking out every single day. Like, it was uncontrollable because, I mean, we're talking about, like, 400 students gathered together at the park. It's not, like, 50, 60 where you can just say something everybody can, you know, go in a different corner. No, it's, like, 400. And, like, five people get in a fight and everybody else pulls their camera out and it's just, like, hit and then people just start fighting and you don't know who, who's fighting who, who's doing what. Like, you can't even get in there. Like, it's, it's just wild and... 
I just remembered that's gonna change. So I remember the first time we got pizza. Then the next Friday, I showed up the Italian soda bar. I mean, we brought so much Italian soda. I mean, kids love Italian soda, so we brought it. And I was like, I can be here in the corner because like we would set up in the corner. And then I was like, or I can go in the middle where all the high schoolers and all the crazies. I was like, where the fights would normally break out. I was like, okay, we're going in the middle. <laughs> Week two, we're going there, and it's like we're setting a tent, a pop up. We're setting a volleyball net and everything. And then all of a sudden, everybody, I was like, hey, y'all need attention. I'll help you get the attention mm. in a healthy way and because yeah. you know through breakouts through like fights through this like they're getting the attention oh, look how cool i am but i just realized maybe if you just love on the community and you know provide like games and stuff they can see that they're cool without having to punch each other in the faces right so i just remember just being there and like week two like the next week we did it there wasn't even one fight then week three, then week four. We did that the entire summer. Every single week we showed up at Lake Stevens. We started doing that at Lake Ty. And I'm telling you, like, we served so many kids. Like, we were praying for people. I just remember, like, just bringing a few people there and just, like, as you're getting sort of, like, asking them, hey, do you need a prayer for something? How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you there? And it felt, like, so crazy because so many of them, nobody said, like, no to it. And just remember praying for people and them crying and them encountering just the peace that I encountered when I was a kid, I just saw them encountering that. And it just, it was one of the most beautiful things. But the majority of that was just loving them and playing games with them, like getting in it with them. And I'm telling you, like we saw like hundreds of kids every single week. It just kept getting bigger and bigger. Uh, the park directors, I mean, thank you guys. Like, I hope you see this video because you guys are incredible. Like all the park directors helped us. Like first they came, they're like, who are you? You can't do this. And then they were like, oh wait, we really need you. They were like, we have 10 more parks. It'd be cool if you guys do something about it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, let me pray on that a little bit. Like, But they were like, what you guys are doing, it's incredible. Like, I mean, then the police started thinking, they like knew who we were. Like, We started getting like letters from like the police just saying so, how amazing it was. Like, um, I think the, the mayor also recognized like, seems like they were just like super happy and super grateful that we're doing that and we're changing the dynamics. I mean, week one, the first time I ever showed up with the Caesar pizzas there, that was the only time I saw a fight. And since that moment on, like we haven't seen a fight at all, like at all. Like police didn't have to be there 24-7. They could go and, you know, respond to different important calls like they always do, um, you know, but that wasn't one of the things they had to care about as much because we were handling that and it was just so beautiful to see just the dynamics of that change. Like it was just so inspirational. And then all the kids, we did a, a really, really big back to school party at our church yesterday. And I just did like a, a, a video inviting all the kids from all the parks. And we had like a, um, a lot of kids that came from Lake Stevens that we ministered to. We had a lot of kids from Lake Tide. They all came, they never met each other. And I had like a ton of board games and Again, pizza and a lot of other food and snacks. And we played until like 10 o'clock in the evening. Like we just we just started at 7 and we stayed there until like 10 o'clock. And people didn't want to leave. Like it was just so powerful and so influential. And I just, that's what we do, right? Like we get in the darkness. We, we love on people like crazy. And we see a change in their lives. And man, like their parents are coming. Like I've seen so many parents come to our church and encounter the love, that light, that like, hey, I'm going to run the race with you. Just like... PJ has done with with Adam and you know just he's been a blessing to him like we're we get to be a blessed all these parents and the families and and one of the coolest I mean another story it's kind of like outside of the like park outreaches we did a youth camp and I just remember being at Lake Time being at the North Cove and saying hey we're doing youth camp you guys should sign up for it I mean mind that 
They have never gone to church in their lives. They don't even, I mean, they have their preconceived ideas of church, like, you know, because a lot of people like, have painted churches in the wrong way, I guess. I feel like it. But, but like, I just started going there and loving them, and that changed. And then I was like, you guys should come to a youth camp that we did. We took um, about 50 to, like, 70 people to a youth camp. And, and I just remember a lot of them, like, signed up for it. And the majority of the people that came to youth camp were, like, the people that we met at the parks. And they just went to a youth camp, to a Christian youth camp. And, my gosh, it was transformational. Like, you could see, like the change the very change in their life from darkness to light from brokenness to hopefulness from like so many of them are suicidal like i remember talking to one of them like the week before i invited them to youth camp they were like i'm suicidal i, I haven't been sleeping like you can tell like because they had like a bunch of cuts and stuff on their hands and you could tell they were going through something but that they came to youth camp and then after youth camp like you couldn't even recognize them like i remember we gave we got all the kids to come up front and share the testimonies of what has happened in their lives and I just remember that one kid just sharing, and I'm not going to tell her name because I want to, you know, I, I didn't get permission to do that. But but I just remember, like, that kid, like, sharing the testimony of, like, I'm yeah. full of joy. I'm full, And all of them, not just that one, but so many of them encounter <laughs> encountered God. Like, they didn't just read about God or hear about God, but they got to encounter the love of God in their personal lives like I have and like all of us have around this table. So, yeah, it's really, really cool. Yeah, that, that is, It's amazing if you, I, I mean, what you, in my my words you just provided a little bit of hope for these kids and man that is what's needed out there especially yeah. with our youth these days man absolutely there is not a lot of talk about hope and bringing yeah. lightness to people yeah and i mean he even got uh mr dizzy you know the stunt yeah. man from oh, yeah. like he was out there serving italian sodas one day right. mr and dizzy was serving italian yeah soda yeah Lake uh, Stevens. I'm Stevens. Telling you. and the me. crazy <laughs> the not. crazy thing was the crazy thing was he he comes up to me and sees me because Plumman would go to north cove on friday night and then lake ty and monroe on thursday night and he comes up to me on Sunday and he says to me, he goes, Plumman took me to the North Cove and I served. And then he left me. I did. He left I did. me. I did. He I'm left me lie, in this park with all these with all these kids. And he's like, I was kind of, it was awkward. And I was uncomfortable at first. And then it was just kind of awesome. Yeah. And that's, I think, the cool thing is there is an exchange that takes place when we run into some of the, maybe the things that we see in our community that are challenges and we just get uncomfortable for a minute, yeah. all of a right. sudden the pieces come together yep. and we add incredible value to each other. Those That's kids so added good. incredible value to Mr. Dizzy that day. They've added incredible value to Plumman's life. And, and in the same way, these people that are going out there and standing under this tent, setting up a volleyball net yeah. and encouraging a you know wholesome game of volleyball on the beach, um, they benefited all, you know, it's this great exchange taking place. And that is, you know, I mean, I think I, I'm not, I've not been a police officer and I just get a little bit of window into the life of being a police officer. I was a police chaplain for a little while in, in Monroe years ago. And, and, but I, I know that you guys are thinking about public safety all the time. And if we can, as, you know, as churches, as people, as citizens, as business owners, if we can be involved and be a part of the solution, man, it it just raises the bar for what you guys do all the day, all the all the time. It raises that bar of public safety. So it, it's amazing what I have found in this first term is that uh, in this position or other, you just like what you guys are. You just got to be in a, willing to get into a room and talk to people. 100%. You get through that initial mm -hmm. awkwardness. And what I have found, I, I'm talking. I have met in the room right adjacent to here with BLM activists in 2020. Right. They did not care for me. I can tell right. you that just because of the uniform. They didn't know right. me as a human. Right. Right. We got in that room and we talked, 
And that initial meeting went for almost two hours. It wasn't scheduled to go that far. And now we are personal friends to this day. But it's all because someone was willing to to get into a room, give another human being a chance, and talk to each other. I'm telling you, that's, yeah, that's... It's powerful I mean, stuff. I, I, you know, wow. and, I, and I don't know if I'm 100% accurate in my philosophy about, like, what's troubling society as a whole globally and especially in the United States of America. But it seems like bad news and sensationalism is, and sensationalism is still the only thing that really sells. Yeah. And so a lot of times that's how we meet one another. Yeah. We meet one another because of bad news and sensationalism. And if we just had the courage to stay in it and believe the best out of each other and get through the bad news and get through the sensationalism, it's incredible the friendships and community that we could create. I'm just a firm believer in that. And, um, you know, I think it's motivated by my my Christian worldview. But, you know, I just want to to help people get where they want to get in life. Okay, perfect segue. Yeah, I got to wrap up. This yeah. is like the longest one ever, but I'm good. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm so, sorry you, you invited two guys that talk for, <laughs> you know, pretty much every day. So, yeah, it gets okay. long. Yeah. The Rock Church is in Monroe. Correct. Um, you guys, Is it still Fridays? Fridays? Friday Provide nights. Hope? Yeah, Fridays. Yeah. Tell everybody what Provide Hope is. So Provide Hope is a nonprofit that I started, uh, I want to say 2006, 2007. One of the needs that I saw consistently come through on a Sunday morning was people just needing food and water. And um, I felt like, gosh, if we could provide food and water regularly. And so I started another 501c3 entity because a lot of times matching funds for employees will not go to a church. They want to send it to more of a social program. So we did that. Several of our members of the Rock Church they donate to provide hope and then their companies match funds. Um, thank you, Microsoft and Boeing and all the people that do that. I think those programs are incredible. So then we have refrigerator trucks that go up and down the I-5 corridor and they glean from Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, all of the Safeway chains. And uh, there's a whole group of volunteers. There's actually no paid staff that run provide hope. It's There's 40, 50, 60 volunteers from all over Snohomish County as far as far north as, you know, say Mount Vernon, Bellingham, all the way down to the King County line. They come together on Fridays and all that food that's gleaned is set up and then people come and they shop. And, uh, you know, there could be 100 families a week. There could be more than that. Um, It's every Friday, 430 at our Monroe campus. And um, the cool thing is, is we love the food banks. They deal in non-perishables. We deal in perishables. So dairy, beef, uh, meat, chicken, uh, vegetables, uh, and like, it's like whole foods. I mean, I always laugh with people and say, you realize that, that somebody in Bellevue paid like forty nine ninety nine for that bag of groceries that you're, you know, like I always make jokes with them because sometimes the food is absolutely incredible. And so there's always more to give. We always have a little bit left over. And honestly, over the years, as more people have come somehow it just loaves and fishes it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so um, that's Provide Hope, uh, 4.30, our Monroe campus. Um, and uh, we'd love to serve anybody that needs food and water. Because food and water, and you get somebody a full belly, and you make sure they're hydrated, and it's amazing what they can accomplish. Yeah, it's yeah. like what pizza did at North Grove Park. And hey, food, man, 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 I got the I ball rolling, yeah. man. He yeah. definitely does. <laughs> 
Like we should launch a new church and just call it Food Church. You know, yeah. just get together and eat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. All right, I gotta wrap You're this awesome, up, man. Adam. I gotta Thank wrap you, it up. Thank, Thank you guys for coming. Thank you so in. much. Thanks yeah. for being so open about your stories, man. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. it. But uh, yeah, thanks again for coming in. Awesome, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you for having yeah. us. You got it.